What's up, Being Lighting Church? Thank you for joining us for today's message on podcast. We pray it blesses you and causes a shift inside of you. Stay tuned for the word. We love you. Glory to God. So, um, hey, you, you may be seated now. You may be seated. All right. So it's not like I'm trying to punish y'all. Amen. So um, if, you've, if you were here last week, or if you, and if you're just here for the first time, we're happy for you. Thank you for coming to church anyway. Um, with, if you were here last week, um, you must have known that we are, we are in a series called Masks. Amen. Uh, and uh, we, we said that, and, and the reason I feel like that this series is, is very important and very crucial for your time as this is, like I said last week, um, we can show people anything and we can make people believe whatever we want them to believe, right? We can, we can be anything we want to anybody we want to be, right? And uh, we show people what we want them to see. People will only see what we want them to see. But the real thing is God sees the real us. Amen. God sees the true us. He sees us. And, and He's not seeing us from heaven condemning us. Actually, He's loving on us. And His grace and mercy is so, is so evident and is looking down on us with love. Amen. And when we, when, when we talk about masks, I, I feel strongly that this is God, God, God is casting um, his light on on some things that we have been able to over that we have for so long been trying to cover up amen some, God is shining his, and shedding his light on some things that we have for so long been covering up right and and, and and it's not like it's not like we it's not like we do it for negative reasons right but some of us we are so we, we like we discussed last week being tough is not being strong amen we have so built our lives around this this idea or this opinion that tough a tough appearance uh, uh, a strong wall or strong will in cope is, is, is all we need to run this life and run this race and we assume that that's all life requires of us for us to be tough we don't break down we're not vulnerable and that's why most of us we, we find it hard to even get into relationships because we know that when there's relationship there's vulnerability there's, there's openness there's transparency and we cannot get into relationship because we don't want to be vulnerable we don't want to share the truth we don't want to say where it hurts we don't want to say how we feel and so we want to hide we want to just mask everything and do you know the beauty the, the, the crazy thing about about hiding is this do you know that mold right mold the one that comes from yeast right mold grows in the dark mold grows in the dark when we do not when we keep on covering when we put a lid over those things we have been through those maybe maybe it's abuse maybe it's maybe it's some past hurt and trauma and we try to cover all these things up guess what happens it only grows mold and when we don't allow the light of Christ fall into it, what happens? It continues to dampen. And before you know it, it grows more mold and more mold. Have you ever, have you ever seen mold on maybe bread or, or, or anything made of flour? That's the same thing that happens in our hearts when we don't let the light of Christ fall into, fall into it. When we wear so much mask and we put all these facades, I mean, we're all looking pretty in church today. Thank you, you're wearing your best or something close to it. And I'm grateful that you're, you're in church today, right? But we're still not even our real self. I mean, we can come to church, we can put on the finest of all tuxedos or whatever thing, and we can look so good, hands lifted in worship, you're looking, you know, body banging, makeup banging, everything banging. But when we go home, we go home to meet the real us. And you, 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 you go home today and wherever you're going to, but it's, you're going to meet the real you, the you, the real you, the you that you're scared of, the you that you're, about, you're, ashamed, of, you're ashamed to show anybody, the you that is hurt, you that is broken. You're afraid to show anybody that you. Because we, we, we know how we know how burdensome the, the, the this feeling is just this feeling this this realization or revelation of who we really are we know how scary it is and most of us cannot even look at ourselves in the mirror because we are scared we're not, not we, when I say look at ourselves in the mirror I'm not saying when we try to go out something I'm saying when we look at ourselves when we examine ourselves when we reflect and reason most of us are scared of ourselves we're scared of who, what we have turned out to be we're scared of how many things we've we've hidden under our smiles. And the real reason God is, God is bringing this series for now, listen, I believe strongly that if God didn't want this series to come out now, he wouldn't have given it to me. And the only reason God has made this available now is because God, is, God wants to shed his light into those dark places. God wants to illuminate those dark areas, those places where mold has been growing. He wants to illuminate those places. Because you see... Many people are, are, are wild and many people are doing crazy things these days. And you're wondering, sometimes we, we, there's this great repugnance that I, that, I, that I personally show when I see some people doing so much. 
right? And you see them doing certain things out of utmost desperation. They're just, they're, they're running wild, they're going crazy. And you're like, what is wrong with you? Can't you apply your senses or whatever thing? That don't you know you're not supposed to be doing this? Don't you know it is not appropriate and all of these things, right? Must you, must you sell your body to be this? Must you sell your soul to have this? Must we do all of these things? But the truth is, and the secret behind every mask is that, um, secretly behind all the stupidity that these people are showing, is a heart and a soul that is crying for help. It's a heart and a soul that is crying, right? That, 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 that just needs help, right? Um, okay, let me say this, right? I am, I am, um, okay, I was born in the social media generation, right? Or I was lucky social generation, media generation met me, something, I was just born around that time, right? And uh, I'm grateful for social media, which helped us in many ways, and uh, it helped build us and help interaction, interaction and all that. But also social media is crazy. Right? If you ever if you ever been on Twitter before, there, there's there's something on Twitter that whenever I see it, it turns me off every time. Right? And um, it's whenever I open my timeline and I see I see a post like this. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, from nowhere, someone you've never met before, a lady with a boobs literally hanging out of her shirt, and she's taking she takes a very, I mean, very bad picture like. I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do. And I'm sorry, I'm being so dramatic. But this is how I see it, honestly. And they take so. I mean, they take so many crazy pictures. Now, the pictures is not what provokes me. It's the captions. They see a caption like this: "If you had five minutes with me, what would you do?" Slap your mama. That's what I do. I will slap you and your mom on top of that. Amen. They tell me if I had five minutes with you, what would you? So if you had five, if you had five minutes with me, what would you do? I will slap you. I will slap you. And not your butt cheeks, by the way. I slap you on your face. I slap you, and your mom will feel you at home. Right, and that's not even all. There's another crazy thing. This same ladies, they do this other thing, which I'm sorry I'm talking about ladies, but this is just very true. This is why I see on my timeline. I don't know of yours. And they do another thing where they where they strike different awkward poses, like like um, I don't know what this is supposed to be like a bicycle pose, like I don't know. They're all these crazy things, and I just I don't know what they I don't know what they get from all of it. And then the picture, like I said, does not is not what even gets me. What provokes me is the caption. The picture does not provoke me as much as the caption. You see something like this, they post like this. And then the caption underneath is, wow, that's a very nice gate. <laughs> now, you know for, for, for sure, you're not trying to show us the gate. You're trying to show us your body. But you're so desperate and you're so thirsty that you're secretly seeking for affirmation and validation, but you don't want to go about it directly. If people are so thirsty, roaming the streets these days, and we, they'll do anything to get validation, anything to get approval, anything to get likes, because they know, that they know how good they feel about the likes. You know how good they feel about the, 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 the retweets and the tweets and the follows and all those things. Everybody wants a blue tick behind their name these days. Because they feel that blue tick approves them. Blue tick on Instagram, blue tick on Twitter, blue tick on Facebook. Everybody wants to be that person. And they will do anything for approval. But the thing is, beneath all of those things we do, and those people do, it's a soul that's yelling and crying, help, I'm thirsty. And that's the title of my sermon this morning. Help, I'm thirsty. Help, I'm thirsty. And um, I feel strongly that God has laid this word in my heart. And um, I don't know where you're thirsting exactly, exactly now. But I believe that God has a word for you. In whatever place, and he's, he's, he wants to meet you wherever you are hurting. Amen. Because the truth I discovered about these people who do all these crazy things, nasty things on social media is they wanted something different. They, 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 they were looking for something different. They, they, I mean, they are doing all these things, but they are searching for something different. They, they are thirsty for something else. Maybe they just wanted to feel appreciated. Maybe they just wanted to feel significant. They are searching for something. Secretly crying, help, I am thirsty. But we can't see it. That isn't that what thirsty people do? High in great desperation. Looking for something. But would always go the wrong way about it. And the, the mystery behind a thirst trap is this. Because they call pictures like that thirst traps, right? When they're so thirsty. They can post anything. They can... They, I mean, I don't know I, I don't know why this, they, look, they look like goats in my eye, but... But they, they can do anything, they can go any length to get your attention. Right? Just to get you to like, to comment, to write something about them. 
so they can feel like hey someone actually wants me even if they even if they don't give their bodies out to people like that but some they just do all of these things amen the secret is they're actually in need of something else they are in need of something else in great need of something else and then even, and, and, and truth about another, another thing I want you to know is the truth about a thirst is this we all are thirsty I have been thirsty I know what it means to thirst I know what it means to thirst for for love I know what it means to thirst to be known I know what it means to thirst for a normal life that does not that is not depressed that is that does not have all this craziness in it I know what it means to thirst for all these things and, 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 and but I found myself thirsting thirsty rather but going for water in the wrong places I was very thirsty yet I was going and running to pornography because it was feeling me in some kind of way it made me feel good in the moment I'm not going to lie your pastor is not going to lie. If anybody wants to fake it, y'all can go on and fake. I'm not going to fake. I was running to all these places because I was thirsty. I needed something. And at some point, I started asking God and crying, weeping, God, why am I like this? Is something wrong with me? I started, I started believing the lie that something was wrong with me. I started believing the lie that I was sick. That why would I be thirsting for things like this? I started believing all of these things. I, something has got to be wrong with me. I, I shouldn't be doing all of this. I, why, should, why am I going? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? And, and, and the same thing we, are, we, we, start to, we start to question and ask ourselves. What is wrong with me? Why am I this desperate for, for, for attention? Why, why, am I running to, to, why am I running to sex to feel me? Why am I running to drugs to feel me? Why am I running to money to feel me? Why am I running to fame to feel me? Why am I running to all of these places to feel me? And we assume something is wrong with us just because we feel that way. But the truth about it is this. Nothing is wrong with you. You're only thirsty. I read, there's, there's, a, there's a book um, written by a Persian doctor, right? The name of the book is... Um, I, I saw, okay, let me say this. I, I saw a video about a month ago as I was preparing the sermon. And, um, and the video was just exactly what I needed. God used that video. It just was a normal video. Anybody could have watched it and just passed by. But to me, that video, that video meant a lot. And the video, the person was talking about a book he read, uh, written by a Persian doctor. The title of the book is The Body's Many Cries for Water. And he wrote something in that book. The, per, the right Persian doctor wrote something in his book, and it was this. Dehydration is the, cost of, is the cause of most diseases. Dehydration is the cause of most diseases. Meaning, most of, the reason we thirst for all of these things and we run to all of these places is because we are thirsty. The reason we find ourselves wanting to pornography, wanting to sex, to, to money, to girls, to drugs, to all of these places, is not because anything is wrong with us, just because we are thirsty. We are thirsting for something that, 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 that is deep. We have, some of us, we have been eaten deep by this, this heaviness, this burden of thirst. And we have been looking for something. Just that we have been masking so much that we, 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 would, wear, we would wear any mask. Mask, I just want to be popular on Instagram. I just want to post this picture on Instagram. But the real truth is... In beneath all of those things we do is in us just crying, help, I'm thirsty. Where have you been thirsty? Where have you been thirsty? Where have you been thirsty? Nothing is wrong with you if you are thirsty. Nothing, actually, nothing is wrong with you because you are thirsty. Nothing is wrong with you because you are thirsty. Your own, I mean, nothing is wrong with you when you run to all those places. It's just because you are thirsty. That's the only reason you're running to those places you're running it is you're running to because you are thirsty just because you are thirsty it's okay it's okay you are just thirsty and i feel strongly that god has this god has something for us this morning and i pray that at the end of this sermon right that we find what we are looking for but not in those places we have been running to that we find the real thing say the real thing with me say the real thing the real thing. My prayer is that we find the real thing. The name of Jesus Christ. So this morning, um, I want to I, I want I want to show you something, right? Someone in the Bible actually. Um, because if you're talking about if you're going to talk about a thirst, I, I have to show you someone who actually thirsted. Right? And um if you I don't know if you've heard about her, if you've ever heard about her, if you've ever read the Bible, you must have heard about her, or if you ever heard the whole church hymn, the woman by the well. Right? She was also doing the same thing we we're all doing. Thirsty. 
right? I mean, she was, she, she, she was thirsty. And just like everybody else, she was going to the wrong places to give her what she needed. She was genuinely thirsty, but she was, she, she was running to the wrong places, all the wrong places, to feel her thirst, to satisfy and to quench her thirst. And, and, and the beauty in this woman, and, and, and beauty in this story is, uh, we'll go there in, in, in a short while, but let me just give you context real quick. So, um, Jesus and his disciples are traveling from Jordan, right, and um, going to Galilee, right? But Bible says they had to, Bible says in the book of John, this is the book of John, I think John 4, 4, says he had to go through Samaria. That is, Jesus had to go through Samaria. He was going from, from, um, from Jordan to Galilee. But the Bible says he had to go through Samaria. Now, what caught my attention is this. Jesus is the son of the living God. Jesus is God. Jesus does not have to do anything. Jesus doesn't have to do anything. He is God. He could have gone another way. By the way, that wasn't the only way to, 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 um, to Galilee, by the way. But Jesus had to go through Samaria. Because... We serve a loving God, who though he doesn't need to do anything, but because of his love for us, he would go the extra mile just to meet with us. Because God, had, he had seen from a long distance a woman who was thirsty. And he, was, he saw that for so long, she and all of us have been running to the wrong places. And Jesus, has, Jesus came, intentionally went through Samaria, just so he could interrupt that cycle. That, that thing she has been going to. So he could interrupt that place she has been going to. And to say, hey, stop going to all these places for, for things that will not fully satisfy or fulfill you. I am here. The only one who can satisfy and fulfill you. Jesus had to go through Samaria just so he could meet that woman. Not for anything else, but for that one woman. Who her name was it even mentioned. So we can, put our, we can fill in that gap. The only reason you're in church today is not because... It's not because uh, um, um, you're perfect or holy. Maybe it's just because God wants to meet with you. Maybe it's just because God has something. There's been somewhere you've been running to. You have a cycle. Maybe dysfunction. God knows only what it is and you know for yourself what it might be. And God is here this moment to meet with you. And I want to take us to that scripture. But as Jesus got to um, Samaria, right? Here the disciples, like I said, they were going to Galilee. And they were going, and they were all going, talking, and probably Peter was making so much noise. Probably Peter was trying to organize a rap battle, but Jesus was not really interested in rap battles. Like, Peter, we need to go here, we need to worry, but Peter likes, you know, he's just very extra, right? Peter is that very, very extra friend you have, who always tries to make the most of every time. And also wastes time also, right? And uh, as, as Jesus, as they were all walking, all of a sudden, I just feel like, uh, I, just, I, I just kind of pictured this like, um, like a French woman, right? All of a sudden, from nowhere, Jesus just went... Oh my God, I'm I'm tired. I need to sit for a minute. Oh, I'm, I'm so I'm so tired. And then Jesus sat by a well side, and then the disciples were probably like, "Yo, Jesus, you tripping, bro? We've been walking all the way from from um um Jordan. You okay? You know what? I see you're tired. Or you know what? Me and the guys, we're going we're going to go to the next town and get some food for you to eat. And then they left. And Jesus was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Oh my God. Oh my God." And he sat by the well. But they thought he sat by the well because he was tired or weak, right? But the actual sense he was, was that he was sitting by, by the well because he was waiting. Because he had an appointment with someone who was, who was not even waiting for him. You know the beauty of this thing? She did not send a mail to Jesus Christ. She didn't send a mail to Jesus saying, hey, Jesus, um, this is the problem, man. Uh, I found myself doing this. No, she didn't. But he had an appointment with her. She didn't put Jesus on our schedule, but he put her on, our, on his schedule. Bible says we love he, we love God because He first loved us, long before we ever remembered or to, to even we, long before we ever thought to put God on our schedule. He's put us on His own itinerary. Long before, and so I want to I want to show you the details of this meeting, Jesus and the Samaritan woman, right? And um, as and, and Bible says, but before we go, the Bible says that Jesus sat by the well, and it was noon time. And when it was noon, um, the woman came to fetch water. Right? Uh, you can read this when you get home, please. Do, please. But uh, the, the, the crazy thing is this. Um, in Samaria, right? It's in the Middle East, if you all know. If you don't know, yeah, I'm just, I just told you. But in areas like that, nobody goes out to fetch water in the afternoon. 
You know why? Because it's hot. Like it's hot in this room right now, right? But here, there is hot, hot. Not like this kind of hot. Hot, hot, hot. Like hot 10x hot. Very hot. So nobody goes to fetch water in the, in the, at noon. The only way, if, if anybody wanted to fetch water, they would, they would either go in the morning or in the cool of the day. That's in the evening. Why was this woman going to the well at noon? Shows or occurs to me that, occurred to me that she was hiding. She was trying to avoid some people. Because if she, if she goes in no more time, she will meet those people who the only thing they know, those people they call the carcass or, 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 or the clique, who the only thing they know is to discuss other people and to discuss their errors, their faults, their mistakes and the kind of life they've lived in the past. And we'll get to the kind of life she lived very soon, but she, she was avoiding these people. She didn't want to be the topic of discussion. And it's so sad that we find these people, you know where we find those people the most? Here in the church. Those people who talk bad about people, talk smack about people, those, they're always pointing fingers. They're always pointing their fingers and they forget that the rest of the night is pointing back to them. They're always pointing fingers, always talking about what that person did, always judging, always pointing fingers. They see someone do one thing, they talk about it. See someone do another, they talk about it. They will keep on talking, 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 talking. That's why you find many unbelievers who want to have, who want to meet with Jesus, but want to have, but want nothing to do, to, want nothing to have to do with Christians. They want to, they want to meet God, but they want nothing to do with Christians, because they say Christians judge a lot, Christians point fingers, Christians do all of these things. And because of this, this woman went there in the afternoon. Because she was, she, was she was so ashamed to go there in the morning or in the evening. When other women are type, would go to fetch water. But God's so gracious. He met her right where he needed her. Now let's go into that passage of scripture. John chapter 4, everybody. I, 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 want, to, I want to start following up from, from there. John chapter 4. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, from John chapter four, let's let's cut down to um, I think verse, verse um, verse seven, right? When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, "Will you give me a drink?" The Samaritan woman said to him, "You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask for me for a drink?" For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Like, yeah, I'll look up here. In those days, right, there was, there's what, like, there was like um, tribal tension. The same way we have racism around the world. Same way it was back then. Tribal tension, Jews don't relate with Samaritans. They don't relate, they don't mix. They don't even share, Bible says they don't share the same utensils. They don't. They're so divided. And this woman is surprised. Why are you talking to me? But you know, you know what I found to be so crazy? And this is how Jesus interrupts and enlightens and obsesses the world. The fact that the savior of the entire world was the first to initiate a conversation. God didn't wait for her to say, hey, you got a country record now. Don't you recognize me? Don't you see my hair is flowing like silk? Don't you see I look like, I look like a respectable man in society? No, actually, he initiated a conversation. The only reason you are here today and the only reason you've been sometimes I've been telling you all week to go to church, even though it's been sounding like Pastor Emmanuel's voice, it's not been my voice, it's been God calling you. But often the way God calls us, the way God initiates a conversation with us, right, or relationship, is by first ask or making is by first making a request. It sounds like a request, but it's a bit. Right? It's 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 called it's called a, a, a trap, more like a thirst trap. Right? This is Christ setting a bait. Right? And of course, not to kill her or to do any evil to her or harm to her. But the only, the, the, for the fact that the sake of the entire world would first initiate a conversation with this woman, who he wants to help, by the way, shows how loving our Father is. For him to stop by and initiate a conversation. Will you give me water to drink? And let's, let's listen to um, what the Samaritan woman said. Right? She said, um, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Then Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that, that asks you for a drink, for a drink, you would have asked him and he would give you living water. He would have given you living water. 
I love how the, the New Living Translation has it. It says, it says it this way. If only you knew the gift of God, like if, you, if only you knew the God, gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I'll give you living water. Like, Jesus is like, once you say, uh, I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew, we shouldn't talk and all that. And Jesus is like, hey, if only you had any idea the gift that God has in plan for you. And by the way, if you had any idea who is talking to you, like this is the real definition of, do you know who I am? Like this is like, do you know who I am person? Y'all know when people try to fight. And okay, some, some days ago, my mom and I were at a bus terminal, a bit terminal rather. And uh, we, it was a night. And then we saw, we, saw this, we saw this one dude amidst many men. And he said, you said challenging this person. And the next thing I heard, I, I started hearing, I would slap you and something like that. And uh, next, the next thing I would hear was, do you know who I am? And I think he said he was a military man. And all the other all the men gathered around. Show us your ID card and the we're going to beat him. Right? So Jesus was like that. Jesus was well, not that stupid guy. But Jesus was, was something. Was something. Jesus was like, if you had any idea who was talking to you right now, you would have asked me for living water. And I would have given it to you. Now, this is a little confusing. Because this woman came to drink water, came to fetch water. And by the way, when I said came to fetch water, I mean not this is not um any any ethereal thing. This is like this is real, literal. She came to get water because she was thirsty. Like no more, she needed water to cook, to make noodles, to make whatever thing. She needed water. Alright. And Jesus is encountering just encountered her and is asking her a question. Hey, um, give me some, give me some water, right? And she, yeah, she doesn't even know we're standing in front of her. Just like, how, just like how some of us, when God's grace came to us, we didn't even know who he was that was standing in front of us. Right? We, don't, we, we, don't, we, we didn't know the magnitude of love that person has for us. Or the gift the person has for us either. Continuing in verse 11, the same John chapter 4. Sir, the woman, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. I love this. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Like, she's saying, I don't think you have what you would take, what it takes to fill this space in my heart. This space in my chest, this longing, this yearning, this thirsting. I don't think you have what it takes. And by the way, a picture has black, black women saying this. You ain't even got no rope. Like, you're trying to give me living water, but you ain't even got no cup by your hand, like with your own hand. Like, how do you even plan on giving me water when you don't even have a cup? Like, do you even have what it takes to quench this thirst, this longing in my heart? Do you have what it takes? And where can you get this living water? She said. Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, himself and did also his sons and his livestock? Then Jesus answered. I love this Jesus' response. Gangster. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Woo. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks this water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become, an, it will become in them a spring of water, boiling up to eternal life. It will become a spring of water, boiling up to eternal life. Then the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and I have to come, keep coming here to drink water. You know, there's one thing about every, um, look up here, everybody. There's one thing about every thirst and every desire. It is that once it is quenched, then comes an even greater one. Once every thirst is quenched, another greater one comes. Once we have all that, that thing we've always desired, that thing we've always longed for, we have it, but we still want more. There's a, there's, there's a term in economics that says human wants is insatiable. We can never be fully satisfied. Even if we have all that we wanted for ourselves and to ourselves, we're still finding ourselves not being satisfied. We get that job we've always wanted and always desired. And we've always thirsted. And that thing we've always craved for. We get it. Yeah, we still find ourselves wanting more. We get that award. We get that recognition. We get that nomination. We get all that thing. We get recommended. We get this. We get all of that stuff. We get the contract. We get all of that. But still... We're not satisfied, and yet we find ourselves wanting more. We keep, we keep finding ourselves wanting more, no matter how much we have. We keep finding ourselves wanting more. The only reason every rich man wants to get richer is because when he was young, he wanted. He imagined being a millionaire. Now he's a millionaire, but he keeps wanting more. 
It's a billionaire, but he keeps wanting more. Why does Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, and all the rest, why do, why, why do, why do their net, net worth and net incomes keep rising? Because they keep wanting more. We all keep wanting more. And the thing about it is, the thing about every wrong source we run to, or, or wrong source or, or temporary satisfaction we run to is this. It always leaves us thirstier than we were before. Whenever we keep going to the wrong things, drugs, sex, money, fame, it leaves us even thirstier than we were before. Even thirstier than we were before. Now, going back to that passage in the book of um, John 4, from verse 16, it says, The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Then listen to the next thing Jesus said. Um, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You're right when you say you have no husband. As a matter of fact, you've had five husbands. And even the one you're with now, he ain't, really, he ain't your husband. Yeah, y'all ain't married. She's just like your friend who benefit. Yeah, y'all ain't married. What you know, so um, what you said is quite true. 100% true. In the... Here's what, look up everybody, this is, this is the crazy part of that, that question Jesus asked. Because when I was reading my Bible, I just stopped, because I felt that part was very crazy. One minute she was asking for living water. The next, Jesus is asking for a husband. And by the way, Jesus is asking the question he already knows the answer to. Why is he asking? Jesus knew she had no husband. Jesus knew she'd been married to five different men. That's been our thirst, she's been looking for something else. She's looking for something, thirsting for something. But you, why come just, why, how come you just asking the same question when you already know the answer to it? But here's the thing. I want you to write this down. Honesty is key to real healing. Honesty is the key for true healing. If you want true healing, it all starts with honesty. Honesty is the, is the key to real healing. True healing. If you want true healing, you have to be honest about it. If you want true healing, you have to be honest about it. It reminds me of um, the, the, the um, blind Bartimaeus in Mark 10, um, 46. You can check this out later. Jesus was walking with his disciples and the, whole, the multitude was walking behind him. And he kept on hearing someone yelling and shouting and screaming from the side. Son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. And um. He stopped in his tracks. He just stopped in his tracks and he said, um, bring that blind man over here. And they brought the blind man. And the first thing that came out of Jesus' mouth was not you are healed. Go home. Actually, the first thing that came out of Jesus' mouth was this. What do you want me to do? Are you telling me that Jesus does not know what the man, blind man wanted? He does. But I think Jesus wants us to identify our cycles. Jesus wants us to identify our thirsts. He wants us to be able to identify where we, what, where we have been thirsty. And also, the moment we identify where we, where, where we have been thirsty, we also automatically identify where we have been going to to temporarily quench those thirsts. Jesus was asking the blind man, and same way he asked the, the, the Samaritan woman, where's your husband? Not because he didn't know that she had a problem with, problem with her husband, or husbands, or relationship problem. He knew, but he wanted to know if she really identified what our thirst was. Do you identify your thirst? Where have you been thirsting? What have, what have you been thirsty for? And the moment you do that, you also, you also need to start identifying where you have been going to. Every wrong place, and all those wrong places, money, sex, drugs, fame, popularity, Instagram followers, all of those things. Where have you been running to to feel that thirst? The moment you identify where the thirst is, you need to identify where you've been running to, to feel it. You need to, you need to identify these places. And that's what Jesus is asking. Where's your husband? Are you able to identify these places? Are you able to identify where you have been running to? Are you, are you able to identify where you have been going to? Are you able to? Are you able to? Because where have you been going to, to, to feel fulfilled, to feel successful or loved? Where have you been going to feel happy where have you been going to feel loved, to feel respected, to feel significant that has not been God? 
Where have you been running to, to get all these things? These temporary satisfactions. Where have you been running to get all of these things? That has not been God. You need to identify these places. You need to identify these places. Because let me tell you something. Um, and I want you to know this, right? The, the definition of, of, of sin. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you about the definition of sin real quick. Very simple definition. Sin, since the, I'll give you the simplest definition of sin. You can write this down, put this down, whatever thing. The definition of sin is looking for the right thing in the wrong places. That's all sin is. Sin is looking for the right thing in the wrong places. That's it. We find ourselves doing that. We're looking for love. We, we have, instead of looking, look, going to God for love, we start building romantic, we start building romantic cycles. From Judy to from Judy to Janet to Judy to Jasmine, we start going to all of these places because we are looking for something to quench our thirst, and that's what sin is all about. I'm gonna say, listen, the thirst you have is normal; it is natural. Where have you been going to to feel that thirst? And it's something God told me. Yeah, it's something called a quick fix. Quick fix is when we keep running to certain places. For fast solutions, right? Then, and those places we go, we, we, we go to, um, they only fill us for temporarily. I want to show you something, right? Amen. So now, um, this is a bottle of water, yeah? This is a bottle of water. This is not holy water or spiritual water. This is not Jesus' sweat. This is water, right? And um, I love water. I don't know if anybody loves water here. Water is so good, and this is it's, it's the most powerful liquid in the entire world. That is why it's so abundant on earth. On earth. Thank God. That we are not scarce, there's no scarcity of water or anything. But um, there's something about this water. I love water, by the way. Let me take a swig of it. Hold on. Because I'm thirsty. Because I'm actually thirsty. I'm actually, no, this is not a sermon thing. This, I'm actually very thirsty. I haven't had water. Water is refreshing. Very refreshing. Very, very refreshing. I, gotta, I had to emphasize on the very. But... The thing about water, the water I just drank is this, right? No matter how, um, how heavy the gulp I took was, right? The gulp of water I took was. And no matter how full the cup was that I drank with, the truth is, at some point, no matter how long, I will come up thirsty again. No matter how much, or no matter how long, and no matter how much I drink, I will still be thirsty. So let me take another swig, all right? Whew. Tastes great. Water tastes great. But the thing about it is, again, when I, go, when, I, when I come up thirsty again, what do I do? I drink. So I don't pee on the stage. Um, but there's something, that, yeah, there's something that we didn't know, and it's this. The more we keep on drinking, this is what happens. We keep on drinking, keep on drinking, because we are thirsty. Keep on drinking, because we are thirsty. And guess what happens? We run out. We keep on drinking because we are thirsty. What happens? We run out. Because it was good in the moment, but it was never meant to fuel me. It was never meant to make me feel fulfilled or satisfied. Money is good. It's good in the moment. I mean, oftentimes we talk about we talk, we talk about bad, how bad money is, but money is very good. Let's be honest with ourselves. And by the way, sex is good too. I know nobody wants to say that. Nobody wants to even, nobody wants to hear that again. But truth is, sex is good because if there was no sex, you wouldn't have been born, and you won't have children after after that. Sex is good, but if we keep wanting to all these places to fill that crevice in our heart. We keep on coming up short because it was never meant to fill us in the first place. We keep on drinking and drinking and drinking, running from one per jumping from one person to another person. We did Andrew, we did Peter, we did John, we did Judas, even just so we can date all the disciples of Jesus. So we, so we somehow we feel closer to God, but still, no matter how much we drink, we keep on coming up thirsty because this was never meant to fill you. This is a resource. This is not the source. But we keep on running to this resource. We keep on running to sex. Anytime we feel insecure, we run to sex. We run to relationships. 
We run to money whenever we want to feel a little secure about ourselves. We, we think the only way to feel more secure is to make more money and to have more zeros in our bank accounts. We keep on running to things like this. But what happens is when, what happens when they run out? When we run out? Because it was never meant to feel us in the first place. It does not have that power too. It does not, no matter how much you try, it does, this does not have that power too. Money does not have that power too. Nothing has that power too. But we keep on running here. We keep on running to all these things to fill us. It is great in the moment. Refreshing. Wow, that was good. Money is good. Sex was good. This was good. Those drugs were good. I mean, why do you think people take drugs? Why do you think people feel high? Why do you think people pop those pills and pop those bottles of, of expensive alcohol? Because they wanted to feel good. And some people will take it to, so they can forget all their worries and their problems. But what happens when it finishes? When they get high for a couple of hours, they wake up the next morning and all they have is, they feel so much headache from, from, from uh, 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 all the alcohol they had to drink the previous night. Now they're having a hangover. But the worry does not disappear. The pain does not disappear. That crevice is yet not fueled. No matter how much drinks we take, no matter how much girls we have, some, some girls don't have, don't, they don't, they've been in so many relationships with so many guys that they're so tired of being in a relationship with guys now they're even trying girls to see if they would, that would fill in the space. But truth is, it does not. Because sex doesn't. Money doesn't. Hey, by the way, fame doesn't either. It's good to be famous. Hey, I'm not even going to cap. It's good to be famous. It's good to have that blue tick on the, behind your name. But yet, it does not fuel you. Do you know how many people with blue ticks have committed suicide? Because it does not fuel. If money fueled us, then rich men would be satisfied. And they wouldn't want more. But it doesn't. That's why we keep finding ourselves wanting more. We keep desiring for more. We keep craving for more. We keep craving for more. We are thirsty for more. Beneath all of the things we are doing, beneath all the hustle, all the grind, beneath all the relationships, all the I'm a nice guy, I'm a player, I'm a player, I'm all this, I'm that, and, uh, and nobody gets to me, I'm a hard guy, all those things we do, all this fronting, all this mask we wear. Beneath all of the stupidity, it's an us that's crying, help, I'm thirsty. We are crying for help. Because all these things and all those places we have been running to, no matter how much we take, we keep coming up short because it was never meant to feel us in the first place. Never meant to feel us in the first place. But where have we been going to then? You've been looking for satisfaction. You've been looking for a few good moments. And here's the thing. We would embrace so many few good moments. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We would embrace so many few good moments and we would actually live out fulfillment. We assume few good means fulfillment. No, because you feel good doesn't mean you are fulfilled. Sex feels good, by the way. Money feels good. Fame feels good. External validation. People liking your posts, say, listen, it's good when people comment and repost your picture and do all of those things and retweet and do all those crazy, beautiful things. It is good when, when you feel love. Hey, people actually notice me, but the truth is it was never meant to fulfill you, so it cannot. It cannot. They can never, external validation, can never internally validate and fulfill you. Because it was never meant to. I mean, they all taste great, but they only do for a moment. They only taste great for a moment. Because money, I mean, money is good. Money is very good. We, we are doing all these things so we can, we can, we, we, we can, we can get, go higher in the ranks so that just, so, just so that we can feel like we have value. We have some self-worth. Even as believers, we find ourselves reading the Bible the more. Listen, even the Bible, even the Bible can be this. Don't get me wrong. So people you see, the only reason they read their Bible is not so they can have a relationship with God. It's not so they can know better than someone else. Just so when they're in a conversation, they can show them who they are. And they can belittle other people with the knowledge they have from the Bible. So they are going to the Bible for self-worth. Not because they want relationship with God. So people are going to, they are going to church every Sunday just so they can tell you that, Hey, I go to church, I'm closer to God. Who are you? Don't go to church. And they can point fingers and judge other people. So their self-worth is in their attendance, church attendance. And what happens when it runs out? We keep going to all these places to fill us, but they cannot, because they were never meant to. 
Those places can never fuel you, no matter how much you try. They were never meant to fuel you in the first place. I mean, we want to feel loved. Whoa, 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 hold on. So was it because you wanted to feel loved? Was that because was that the reason you kept on jumping from one person to another, and your 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 uh, uh, body count degrees it, it breaks a thermometer scale, a thermometer scale, thermometer scale. I mean, some people have more degrees than a thermometer and still don't feel satisfied. They have all they ever dreamed of having, yet they keep coming up short. Something in them keeps thirsting for something else, like that. That in. It says, like the woman at the well, I was searching for things that could not satisfy. What have you been searching for? And where have you been going? Until you identify those cycles, you cannot attack the problem. Until you identify where you have been going to for temporary satisfaction, you cannot receive true healing. Honesty is the key to true healing. You need to admit, you need to come, come clean. That's the only way to deal with the mold in the dark. Let the light of Christ fall into it. Don't put a lid over it. Don't try to mask you. Don't wear another. Do you know even female makeups, they have different layers. Because it's just the same. And it's the same way with the way we mask. So many layers. So just so they don't get to us. But if you're not open with God, we'll, not, we'll never be able to fully receive what he has for us. But even, do you know how crazy this thing is? That thirst we feel did not start with us. That thirst you feel did not start with your mom or your dad. Maybe you found that same trace in them, but it didn't start with them. That thing you're, you're craving for, to come out best, and all of those things did not start with you. I want to go back to the first human beings to ever walk the earth. Let's go back to the book of Genesis, right? Genesis chapter 3. I want to show us something. Genesis chapter 3. Let's go to verse 6. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6. I love how the message translation has it. It says this. When the woman saw that the tree looks like good hidden, eaten, and realized that she would get out of it, and realized what she would get out of it, meaning she would, she would know everything, she took and ate the fruit, and then gave some to her dumb husband who was sitting next to her, and he ate it. You see how a man can be... Anyway. But the crazy thing is this. Listen, Eve thirsted for wisdom. Eve desired wisdom. She thirsted for wisdom, only that she was going to the serpent instead, to our, instead of going to our father. She was seeking for the right thing, wisdom. But she kept on, she, was, she obeyed the voice of the serpent instead of, our, instead of going to obeying the voice of our father. And that's the same thing we all do. We have a genuine thirst. Listen, I want to tell you, everything you feel, you want to be loved, you want to be known, you want to feel accepted, you want to feel validated, you want to feel recognized. All of those thirsts were put there by God. Everything there, every crevice in our heart now was put there by God. So, so it can, so it can um, build or better still burn us up so we can long more for him. That's the reason those thing, that, that thing is there. I mean, if there was no need for God, we wouldn't need God. If we felt okay with ourselves and in ourselves, we wouldn't be needing God for anything. The only reason that those thirsts are there is so God, that God can meet our need. I mean, the only reason Christ came to the world was because he saw how, how much destruction the world was, was heading for. And so he saw that crevice and he came to come and fill it with himself by offering himself to be the sacrificial lamb. That's the thing. So God has seen that crevice, he has seen that space, he has seen that hole in our heart. And now he wants to feel it. But many of us will keep on going to the wrong places for the real thing. We keep on going to a quick fix. We drink, 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 drink from sex, drink from money, drink from girls, drink from boys, drink from all of these places. But still, we're not satisfied. No matter how much we try, it's time we start going to the real thing. It's time for the real thing. No more fake. No more fake. It's time for the real thing. God says, stop going for temporary satisfaction. It makes you feel good. It, is, it feels good in the moment. It does not mean it is essentially good. 
God is saying it is time for the real sin. And this, here's the beauty of this. Christ said, um, Christ told the Samaritan woman that, um, I want to give you water that when you drink it, you thirst no more. And we quite don't understand, we didn't quite understand what it means. It's just very simple. It means this Christ is saying, Hey, I want to keep on pouring into you. I don't want to ever stop pouring into you. I want to continue pouring into you. I don't want it to be like those quick fixes you run to that are bound to run out. I want to keep pouring into you like this pipe is pouring water into this bucket right now. I want to keep pouring into you. This is what Christ wants to keep on doing. We will never be dry if Christ continues to pour into us. We will never be dry if Christ continues to pour into us. He wants to continue pouring into us. No more quick fix. It's time for the real thing. He's saying, I have made this available for you. I have made myself available for you. It is time for this. It is time for this real thing, an ever-flowing thing. The Bible says that out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. Not quick fixes, not resources, the source. When we are connected to the source, there's an ever-continuous, non-stopping flow. That peace you need, that affirmation, validation you need, comes from the source, not from that resource. Just like an oxygen, just like an oxygen can. That would only fill you temporarily. That will not keep you breathing forever. That will not keep you happy forever. That will not keep you satisfied forever. It will only make you feel good in the moment. Christ is saying, come for the real thing. No more fakes. No more fakes. Come for the real thing. But some of us are so dumb that though we have seen a water fount that is so sure, so pure, always going to fill us yet we will drop this and that is for free by the way and we will come here we will spend our money our time waste our lives on things that will never satisfy but Christ is saying why come here when I have this for you ever flowing water ever flowing water ever flowing water ever flowing water Christ is saying I want to give you this living water that will well up on your inside, even unto, in, unto eternity. Never stop. But you are going to have to leave this. Quick fix. Sex will never fuel you. Money will never fuel you. Degrees upon degrees upon degrees. Recognitions and nominations and awards will never fuel you. Do you know how many Golden Globes and, and Emmy Award winning actors and actresses and many Grammy Award winning singers and artists I've received awards and gone to die. I've committed suicide because it feels good. Let me tell you something. The spotlight feels good. It all feels good. But then it can never fuel you. And Christine Kane would always say this. She's, a, she's a, a preacher. A very wonderful preacher. Woman of God. She would always say this. She says, if the light on you is brighter than the light inside of you, the light on you will kill you. If the light on you is greater than the light in you, that light in you will kill you. That light on you will kill you. If we keep running to all these things for temporary satisfaction, and we don't even have the real thing inside of us, those things will kill us. Because we will, we will spend so much money trying to feel good. Spend so much money on sex. Spend so much money on drugs. Spend our lives on all these things. At the end of the day, they destroy us. Christ is saying enough. With a quick fix. It's time for the real thing. But don't forget. There's no true healing if you, don't, if you don't admit your cycles. There'll be no true healing if you don't admit where you have been running to. For satisfaction. Christ is saying, hey, it's enough for all of, this, all of those places you've been running to. Time for the real thing. It is time for the real thing. It is time for the real thing. And, but for some of us who kept running to all those wrong places, who felt, weird, who felt something was wrong with this? I mean, we now we at some point start to feel like we are broken. Not broken as in we are humble. No, I mean broken like something is wrong with us, like some screws were loose when God made us. We start to feel like this. And it's okay when you, it's okay when you feel like that. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying it's okay. It's okay. It's normal to feel like that. 
someone to feel like something is wrong with us. Here's the truth about it. As broken as we are, like machines, yeah? Christ fixed us. And Christ fixed where we were broken. I want you to open your Bible and join me in the book of John chapter 19 and verse 28. And from here I close my sermon for the day, for today and this week. John chapter 19 and verse 28. Look at what it says. It says later, knowing that everything had now been fulfilled, had not been finished, and so that scripture will be fulfilled. Jesus said, I am thirsty. He said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there. That's bitter wine. So they soaked the sponge in it, put the sponge on the stalk of, of the high plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. Without he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The one who claimed to be to bring eternal life, the one who claimed to, to, to bring living waters, at the end of his journey on earth, says, I am thirsty. I am thirsty. I am thirsty. The Bible says, so you can accomplish all that was written in the scripture. And what was that? That even from dry places, water should spring out. And what did they mean when Jesus, when God promised us that in the book of Isaiah 43? He's saying his son would empty himself. Christ emptied himself when he poured out, poured out into us. He emptied himself when he poured into us. He says, no more quick fix, children. Time for the real thing. No more quick fix, children. It's time for the real thing. And when he emptied himself there, the one who was, who claimed to be the way, the truth, and the life, the one who claims to, 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 to be the water of life, the one who claimed to give us, to fill us, and that we will never thirst, thirst no more, shouting on the, on the cross, I am thirsty. Just so that you and I can say, I am fulfilled. In Christ, I am sanctified. In Christ, I am made complete. In Christ, I am made whole. Sex does not, make, does not complete me. Money cannot fulfill me. Pride and fame cannot fulfill me. More Instagram followers cannot validate me. It feels good in the moment, but it does not fill me. Christ is saying, it is time for the real thing. And he emptied himself out for us. It is time we, we quit going to those places and we start running to the authentic place. God is, God is saying, hey, stop with those places you've been going to. You've been trying to hustle, trying to do all this thing just so you could feel like you matter. Just so you could feel like, hey, I'm worth something. And you bought, that's why you bought that car. Not because you, you, you didn't buy that car because I gave it to you. You bought that car just so you could show off. And just so you could feel good with yourself. You bought that thing not because you needed it, but just because you wanted to feel good. The only reason you're chasing after that position the only reason you're coming to church every Sunday lifting your hands is just so you can, you can show to someone else that you know how to do better than them. Christ is saying, hey, enough with all of that mask. Enough with that mask. Stop hiding. Stop covering. Don't put a lid on that. Mold goes in the dark. Let my light in. I want to fulfill you and not give you a quick fix. Not the resource. I want to take you to the source itself. It's been our favorite week. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, God. And God, we... We admit that, God, we have been running to the wrong places, God. For too long now. We've been running to all these things, sex, pornography, God. Those videos, those websites, those things we've been doing, our jobs, God. Sometimes even church, reading the Bible, God, we've been doing all of these things, God. Lord, because we wanted, because we want something different, God. We've been putting up thirst traps online, not because we, we feel happy about exposing our bodies. No, it's just because we, we feel sad that something in our body is not being satisfied. We crave to be loved, God, and we've been running to wrong places for so long. God, today we say enough of that. No more quick fix, God. Time for the real thing. Holy Spirit, I pray, God, that this which you have given me, God, no matter how we came, God, that your children would, would hear this, God, and it would not just minister into their hearts, God, but would help them locate the crevice and where they have been going to to meet that need. The need 
and what they've been using to meet it. Those temporal things they've been using to meet it. They've been going to, to, fulfill, to fulfill themselves, to feel happy and satisfied. God, help your children identify, God. Help us identify and to see our cycles, God. Those dysfunctions, God. God, help us to be open about them, God. We say no more hiding, God. We want the real thing, God. We want your life, God. We want your water to well up in our ins on our inside, God. That out of our bellies shall start to start to flow now rivers of living water. We're no longer we're no longer going to be running to all these things that can never fill us. Those things that will only leave us more thirsty, even thirstier than we were when we drank it, when we went into them the first place, the first place, the first time. God, we want you. You're the only one who can satisfy God. We want you to satisfy us, God. We want you to satisfy us, God. Satisfy us, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God. Perhaps you're listening, you're here, you're wherever you might be listening after today, podcast or whatever. And you feel like, like I said, sin is simple. Sin simply, simply means running, looking for the right thing in the wrong places. And you've been looking for love, but you've been looking for it in sex, in pornography, looking for self-validation, approval, and worth. And you've been going to wealth, hustle, all this grind, and you've been going to all these places to fill a space in your heart that only God can really feel. Hey, like I said, we all are thirsty. We all are thirsty for one thing or the other. But God wants to meet you at that place, God, now. And the only reason He's challenging you in this moment, you feel that burden in your heart, that thing, that little heat in your heart, that's God calling on you. That's God saying, hey, it's time to identify your cycles. But the first thing, like I said, honesty, openness, transparency, that's required if you want that if you, if you don't want mold in your own heart if you don't want the wrong things to start growing in those empty spaces because it's it's only in empty it's, it's in empty spaces that cobwebs grow the most empty rooms that we find the most dust and now Christ wants to come into that room that heart that space and he wants to do something new and something different so right now, I just want you to bow your heads and your heart. And if you want to make that decision to turn it over to God and say, God, no more drugs, no more this, no more that, no more uh, movie to make me feel okay or to feel happy, no more reading this to make me feel okay and to feel happy. But all now, I'm turning over to you. Right now, I want you to just make that decision in your heart, just between you and God. And whisper under your breath. And in the line church, we say this prayer together. So I want us to say this prayer together. Because someone's faith and someone's decision right now is hanging on us making this prayer, saying this prayer with them in faith. Say, Lord Jesus. I want to say it loud. Come on, say, Lord Jesus. I thank you for you are the source. For you are the source that never runs dry. God, I have spaces. I have crevices. I have places that I am thirsty in. I have places where I have been thirsty for so long. But I've been running to the wrong places, God. I've been running to all these things to feel a need that only you can really meet. And God, I am sorry. And in this moment, God, I surrender. Everywhere I've been running to that has not been you, I surrender, God to your love, to your light, in your life, and in your grace. I surrender all to you, God. I accept you to be the one who fuels me up, to be the one who satisfies me, to be the one who fulfills me as my Lord, my Savior, and my Redeemer. And indeed, it is no longer how you live, but Christ who lives in me. It is not on go high or live, but Christ lives in me. It's not on go high or live, but Christ lives in me. For by his death on the cross, when he yelled, I am thirsty, therefore and thereby satisfying me, fulfilling me, and being the source for all I need, he gave unto me 
the position of the righteousness of God in Christ. It is not on how much by how much I work. It is not on by how much I thirst. It's by how much and how great His love is for me now. And I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Give God a big hand, everybody. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hey, listen, if you just made that decision, that's the best decision ever. Intentionally deciding to no longer run to the quick, the quick fix, but to start running to God. God loves you more than I can explain. His love is ineffable. It cannot be expressed in words. And I'm grateful you've made that decision. Reach out to us. Send us a mail. Save at Church Global. Save to Church Global at gmail.com. We want to reach out back to you. And really connect you with this source. And I pray that as we go in this week, Father God, I pray for your children, Holy Spirit. That this not just be a word they hear and they forget. But it's one that they go home and that it continues to ring in their hearts, God. In their sleep. Every moment of their day, God. That you keep on pointing to them all those things they've been running to. Many, maybe someone has been running to things I have not even mentioned or I've never heard of. God, you know when you see them more than I do. And so God, help them call out those empty spaces. And help them point to those places they've been running to, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, God. In Jesus' name. And as we go in this week, with the grace of God, go with us. May his peace, shalom, health, and honest accompany us. May his presence tabernacle over us. And may he cause his face to shine upon us. In this time, in these hard and tough times, may he be unto us our shield, our buckler, our source, our life giver, the one who gives us all that is needed for life and godliness. And may his grace continually abound with us. Now and forevermore. And when I say be that, I want you to yell at me, enlightened, because that's what we're all about. That the light of Christ floods those places in our hearts that has been so dark for so long. And be thou, help me, enlightened. I love you. Hey, if this message blessed you in any way, I need you to do a couple of things for me. One, join our online growth community. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Teacher Global. On YouTube, Hit the subscribe button and the bell icon to know when we post a video on you. Like this video, comment what spoke to you, what transformed something inside of you. Two, share this message with your friends, your families, even your enemies. Three, pray by giving and whatever God lays in your heart to give. Do so by hitting the link in the description below. Hey, go out, be transformed, and be thou in line. God bless you.